the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. I am so thankful to be with you today. Uh, on the way in, I was thinking about, uh, you know, what to say and what the subject matter should be and you know, what is God teaching me right now? What What is he teaching me? Uh, he's teaching me about holiness, and he's also teaching me about hope. I was up for about four hours last night. I just could not sleep, and I knew I needed sleep, and the more I thought about how much sleep I was missing, it just made it to where I just kept staying awake, thinking about all the things I needed to think about. Have you ever had like a really big decision that you you just weren't sure about that decision and you're just it's a really big decision and and you want to do right by God, you want to do what he wants you to do and you want to hear his voice. Uh that's where I was last night. And I was going over the the pros and cons from the way I see it, from my eyes, the belief systems that I have. I was going through everything with me. But then I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you have a vision. You have an idea of what this is going to be. And so I just want to be faithful, and I want to do his will, not something that I'm really wanting, but what he wants. And there's hope in that, because sometimes in our circumstances, we're just not sure what's happening. We're really not sure. On the outside, it's feeling like this. But what's really going on? Have you ever asked yourself? It's like, I don't really understand what's happening right now. I know, Lord Jesus, that you know what's happening. You understand. And there's a reason for everything. Uh, But what is it? And what am I supposed to do in it? So today, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about hope. And the reason this is so sensitive and so for right now is that the the season, the holiday season, is a time when we embrace those relationships, and we hopefully grow, grow near. We we draw near to people. I would say things get in your way. You know, there's there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of conversations that happen. That's just noise. But do we really want to really get deep involved? in the relationships that we have? Do we want to draw near to one another? And what does it take to make that happen? And during the season, it might be that this season you're kind of alone. You're feeling very alone. And I know what that feels like. I so do. But you're feeling so alone and you're wondering why, you know? And you want to believe that there's something better coming up. But right here, right now, in the meantime... What do you do with this time? Can I just say that I have been in the most joyous of holiday seasons, and I've been in the lowest of seasons where it just seems like nothing measured up, nothing was going the way I thought they would. 
So you're either on one or the other, or you're in the middle. But for wherever you are, there is hope for tomorrow. And hope is like a star. Stars are amazing, but you can only see them in the dark. The darker the sky, the brighter the stars. A famous preacher once said the same thing about hope. Hope itself is like a star, not to be seen in the sunshine of prosperity and only to be discovered in the night of adversity. That's C.H. Spurgeon. And here's a scripture that last year was my scripture. It's a scripture I had up in numerous places to remind me of this scripture because everything seemed like it was not going the way I thought it should go. And so I had to lean on this scripture and maybe this scripture could be hope and help for you. Are you ready? It's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, one of my favorite verses. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Boy, just that scripture alone does bring hope because this is what he's saying to you. He has plans for you and it might not look really good right now. But you know what? We develop in the dark, just like film. We develop in the dark. We grow when things, we have adversity, when we have circumstances, when things just seem to not be going our way. There are times when we learn the most. And there are times that, you know, for me, I look back, and maybe you will or have too, is that I look back on certain dark times, times that were just really difficult. And I realize that, there was a lot of growth that happened with Sue Freeze during that time. And I bet if you look back on those times, you could see that there is a lot of changing or a lot of maybe uh, new, new thought processes or new beliefs grew. How does the Bible give hope? The Bible not only explains why the world is filled with problems, but also shares the good news that these problems are temporary and will soon be gone. The Bible's promises can give you a future and a hope. Those promises help us to cope with our present problems, to have a positive attitude, and to find lasting happiness. Happiness. Our life is a journey, isn't it? It has beginnings, it has endings, but it's a journey. It keeps progressing. And there's something to be thankful for just in that. What kind of future does the Bible describe? The Bible describes a future time when death will be no more. Neither will mourning, nor outcry, nor pain be any more. Revelations 21.4 The problems that can make life seem hopeless today, such as poverty, injustice, sickness, and death, will no longer exist. The Bible promises that humans will be able to enjoy life forever in paradise on earth. How can you build up your trust in the hope that Bible gives? Do you want to build that trust up? Many people hope for good things to happen, but they cannot be sure that their hopes will ever be fulfilled. What the Bible promises is different. We can build up our trust in what is, what it says by carefully examining the scriptures. Acts 17.11, as you study the Bible, you will be able to decide for yourself whether you can believe what it says about the future. What is biblical hope? A hope that doesn't bring shame. Romans 5.5, Psalm 25.3, because of God's love, 
we have a hope that will never put us to shame. The Holy Spirit has been given to secure this hope in our hearts. When we hope in God, it will not be embarrassing. God will never let us down. Have you ever felt like God let you down? I have. When my dad died of lung cancer, he quit smoking the day I was born. And then in the age of 60, he died of cancer. And I said, why, God? Why? I don't have those answers. But I know that someday I will have them or it's not going to matter. Either way, life continues on. Life happens. And it's what we do with it. It's how we look at it. It's the attitudes that we create by our belief system that will get us through tough times. A hope that is living. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of his death and resurrection, we have a hope that is alive. Our hope is not in something invisible or a hope that wishes something will come true. Our hope is already true. Jesus is alive today. A hope filled with joy and peace. Romans 15.13, our hope, your hope, is not one that will leave us empty. Our hope your hope, will bring joy and peace to our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives inside of us, and he reminds us of the joy and peace we have in Christ daily. Jesus is the answer to our hope. In Romans, Paul answers the question, what do we hope in? Jesus Christ is the answer to our hope. Hope will never disappoint. People will fail us. Do you agree with that? People will fail us. Community, companies, and even circumstances will all fall short to meet the longing in our hearts. Only Jesus is enough to fill our hearts. Even our own hearts will fail us, but Jesus will never fail us. You know, when I'm feeling very down, can I just tell you that something that's really worked for me is that I just give thanks in the simplest of things, but We have so much, and we take it for granted. We have so much to be thankful for. And when we do get into the attitude of gratitude, and we have a thankful heart for the tiniest of things, there's a shift, there's a change in the universe, our universe, that happens. I was standing in line in an airport, and I am not a stand-in-line person. I do not like standing in lines. I'll just say it. I'm very much uh, type A if you haven't guessed. And I don't like to to stand in line. I don't like to wait. I like to go. And I'm standing in line and I'm looking at all these people. And I said this at another another show that I did uh, earlier. And I just realized that now that we are seeing faces where the masks are off and we're seeing smiles or no smiles, and there are less smiles now since, since before we had to wear masks, I noticed more smiles then. And, you know, maybe they don't like to wait in line, just like I don't like to wait in line. It could be that it's that. But the minute I changed my face, the minute I realized I'm thankful that I'm in a position where I can go from point A to point B, that I can get on a plane and I can get home quicker than those that are driving. I'm thankful that I can sit in a plane and not have to wear a mask, that I can breathe freely in that airplane and meet people. Because when I wore a mask, I felt so secluded. I felt so isolated that I didn't want to talk because it was just uncomfortable to talk. And I felt like I had to keep my head down. Do you relate to that at all? 
You are listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. I hope you remember that, but if you don't, here it is again. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. When you go there on the internet, you punch that in, and there's all these different things there for you. I have over 13, almost 13 and a half years of podcast radio shows that are there available to you on subject matter, a word search, uh, a guest that I've had on the show. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can reach out to me on the Sufri show. Um, if you need prayer, if you need resources, you can connect with me by going to the com and Sufri is spelled like fries, one word, dot com. And I will be happy to answer. I'm the only one that reads those. So you can be free um, and just be vulnerable and allow um, whatever's going on to share it with me so that we can be in this together and I'll pray for you. And if I can, I'll help in any way I can. So that was a little side commercial. So I'm standing in line and I'm thinking, gosh, nobody's smiling, but I wasn't smiling. So, uh, you know, sometimes it has to start with you, right? So I decided it was going to start with me. I pray all the time, Lord, let me be the light in the darkness. And is a smile light? I would say, yes, it is. I started just saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for multiple things. And as I was doing that, without a forced smile, it was just a real smile that I realized I had so much. I was blessed so much, and I was so thankful for so many things that I ended up smiling. And as I did that and I looked around at these people, all of a sudden, as I connected eyes with that person, they smiled back. And before I knew it, all of those people that were not smiling, I smiled and I went from face to face to face in that line. Everybody started smiling. It's kind of when you light a candle and there's other candles, you have to touch that candle onto the other candle and then all of a sudden that one lights. It was kind of that type of effect. And before I knew it, everybody in line was smiling. I thank God for that moment, that life lesson that he gave me right then, that we are the light. We need to be the light. And we need to be the hope. Jesus is the hope, and he's the answer. But he uses us. He uses you, and he uses me. So what could you do today, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, what could you do to pay it forward, what could you do to make a difference in someone else's life? And it doesn't mean always something very big. It could be the smallest of thing, like smiling. I mean, how much did that take for me to smile? Not a whole lot. And it wasn't forced because I am so thankful. And the joy is in the giving. I gave a smile, and that brought me joy pretty amazing, a simple thing like a smile. Five things the Bible says about hope. Hope is never lost. Hope is crying out to be heard, seen, and experienced. Sometimes it's difficult to see hope in a situation, but the Bible says that true hope is unseen. And if we can be hopeful for one thing, such as our salvation, which is also unseen, then we can be hopeful for other things too. It's just that simple. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Romans 8.24.
Hmm, that's something to ponder on for a second. We can be confident in hope. We can find rest when we confidently hope on the Lord. We have now understood that hope is unseen. But if it's unseen, can we trust it? After all, we can trust the chair we sit in or the mug we pour our coffee into because we can see it. Likewise, there are things that we can trust without seeing. We can trust that our insurance company will cover a certain amount of losses or that baking cookies will leave a wonderful aroma in our kitchen. We are confident in them because these are legal and natural laws. In the same way, although we can't see it, we can be full of hope. Hope assures us that we can be confident in it because it's the law of God. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. True hope comes from God. Sometimes we hope for things in which there is no hope. A car can't bring true hope. It can bring a feeling of contentment and exhilaration, but not real hope. A financial stability can't bring true hope. It can bring security and a level of ease, but not true hope. A spouse can't bring true hope because a spouse's abilities are limited to what he or she can control. True hope comes from the one who created hope, God. True hope comes by trusting God, even when circumstances are difficult. Did you hear that? Even trusting God even when your circumstances are difficult, even if they seem impossible. Trust produces obedience, which produces hope, which results in joy and peace. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans fifteen thirteen. here's a scripture for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's really good. That's a prayer, isn't it? I mean, you could say that may the God of hope fill you or fill me with all joy and peace. That's what we want, isn't it? It, it is what we want. Hope is a gift. A wonderful result of hope is delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. He gives us the power to hope, and that is demonstration of God's love for us. Hope given by him works together to give us confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. That is a true gift. And hope does not put us to shame because God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Are you feeling very hopeful just hearing all this? I am. I'm feeling more hopeful. If you look back at your last holiday season, what was it then? What was your holiday season last year? Do you remember? If you wanted to just go back and take a glance at where you were last year, get that in your, in your heart and in your mind. And now fast forward to this year. And, and get a glimpse of, of where you are right now. And if things were in your control, you'd probably be already doing it, right? You'd already be doing whatever you can do to make it better or to change direction. If you had control over it, you probably would be already in process of doing that. 
So maybe the things that you're sensing, feeling, uh, involved in, they're things that you don't have control over. So what can you do? You do something you can do. I mean, if you can do something about it, you're going to do that. But if it's something out of your control, you can evaluate that, take inventory, find out what's yours, and then what's someone else's, because usually there's relationships involved in any of these types of things, which is growth, potential growth, potential life lessons. How can I be better tomorrow than I am today? What what lesson am I needing to learn? Lord Jesus, let me learn it. I don't want to keep beaten up. I, I don't want to keep getting beaten up over the same thing. Let me learn this lesson. I want to be a good student. And let me learn this lesson so I can move forward to what you have for me. That's good, right? So if that's what it is, if this is a lesson I need to be taught, then Lord, bring it on. You know, let's let's get through this. Let me learn the lesson so that we can move on and be better because we are going to be better because of it. No matter what it is, we're going to be better for what we're going through right now. There's hope in that, isn't there? Isn't there hope in that? Listen, I don't want you to be isolated. I don't want anyone of you to be isolated this holiday. I want you to think about somebody that when you're with them, you feel good. You feel peaceful. You feel alive. Man, maybe you just feel like you can be, and that's good, right? If you can find someone that you can hang with, do yourself a favor and don't be isolated. Don't stay by yourself. Let's find someone for you to be with. Invite yourself if you have to. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes people are afraid to ask you to come over or to hang out. So think about it. There's a face or a name it pops up in your head. Take action. Take action on that and don't be alone. Maybe there's somebody that you thought of that maybe needs you more than you need someone. Maybe there's somebody that you can think of that needs to be with you. Don't hesitate. Call that person, would you? Please do it. Text them, call them, whatever you need to do. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Proverbs twenty three eighteen. I hope that this has been helpful for you. There's more to come. But I hope this has been helpful because I just know that I've been alone during the holidays. And I can tell you that it's not a good place. Sometimes the Lord wants us to take inventory and wants us to have to be still with him and know that he is God. And that's okay. But during the holidays, when everybody has this expectation of being with other people, I think relationally, God wants us to have relations. And he wants you to be with other people. And there's a time for giving and a time for receiving. Don't feel bad if you're on the receiving end. Don't feel bad because the joy's in the giving. Just understand there's somebody in there that could really feel good about helping you and giving to you. Be a blessing. We will be back with more of the Sufri Show just right after this brief break. Thank you so much. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Judy. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS termitelady.com What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. Uh, we've been on the air for 13 and a half years, and it's been a great ride, and it's not over yet. We're still going strong, and there's still more to say. I can't believe it that, you know, we still have things to talk about. Because life keeps continuing on, doesn't it? So thank you so much, Ecola. Uh, I know Ecola is hiring. Uh, we had three new hires that showed up uh, on Monday, and that was excellent. But we need more. So if you have a clean driving record, if you are interested in doing physical work, uh, we need technicians in the field. And we have six offices. We cover from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. Thank you, San Diegans. Thank you, Venturians. Thank you, Orange Countyans, LAans. What have I missed? Venturians, I think I might have already said. And then up in Santa Maria, Santa Barbara, we go all the way up to San Luis Obispo, um, Paso Robles. So if you are thinking of a new career or if you already are in the industry and you just want to change, I'm not into taking other people's employees. But if you're not happy, go to them. Tell them why you're not happy. If they still don't fix it, then come see me. Anyway, so um, that's Ecola, And I'm just so thankful for Ecola, Termite and Pest Control. All right, so on part one, we were talking about hope, and it is the season of um, joy, joy of the Lord be your strength, but it's also the season of loneliness. It's a season of depression and loneliness because people um, want to and anticipate being in a family or with just belonging with someone or somewhere, and and some of you listening right now, that's just not where you're at right at this moment. And can I just say that this too shall end, that this too, um, you know, everything has a season and this season is, is the desert maybe for you. I've been in the desert. I was in the desert for three years 
and um, I learned how to pray. I learned how to pray, and I, I know the power of prayer. And I can tell you that my desert has, there's water. <laughs> I have water now, and it's very exciting. But I don't believe that if I hadn't gone through those years of desert, that I would be able to really appreciate and enjoy what is being now available to me. And I'm so grateful for that. And I say that not, you know, for my, for my anything other than to tell you that there's hope that, you know, this too shall pass and that, you know, if there's a rainstorm, then there's a rainbow and, you know, the sun comes up new every morning. So we just need to know that this is just a little time here and let's just learn the lesson. Let's learn what God's trying to reveal to us because we develop better in the dark. When things are happening to us, don't, it's not gloom and doom. It doesn't have to be. Because we have a hope and we have a future in our Heavenly Father. And He's got a plan. And He's got it. We don't understand it, but He does. He's got the plan. We just have to be faithful followers and, and just have that faith and that hope that He's got you. And He does have you, just as He had me. And I didn't know how long my desert was going to last. I didn't know. But I just stayed in it until I didn't need to be in it anymore. And it was very clear when it lifted and whew, wonderful. But I'm not the same person. I'm not the same person that I was before that time. And I'm thankful for that time. And someday you'll be able to say you were thankful for what you're going through right now, but it doesn't feel like it right now. And I get that. The future can be a scary thing with so many uncertainties. Who knows what tomorrow might bring? When we have faith in Christ, however, we hope not only in this life, but in the next. The future, while uncertain, can be entrusted to God, and he will help us through. He will help you through. Proverbs twenty three eighteen. surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Isn't that good? Romans fifteen four. for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Micah 7, 7, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. And he will hear you too. 1 Peter three fifteen. but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. What is lacking is it's saying, don't judge. Don't judge them. You deliver it with gentleness and respect because everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own lessons to learn. And if you're going to be used for him, for the Lord, then you need to do it with kindness, gentleness, and, of course, with love. Why we should have hope. Why should we have hope in Christ? Because he has plans for us for good to give us a future and a hope for better things, either in this life or in the next. See, sometimes it's not even in this life, but there is something other than this. I had a young man at my house yesterday for ADT, my security system, and we ended up, I didn't buy anything from him, but it was a scheduled appointment. And we talked about the Lord. We talked about marketing, advertising, whatever. We talked about his future. We talked about things. And, 
and he asked for me to be his mentor. And he can help me. He says, I'll work for free. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And he does electronic stuff for radio. And so now he's going to come in and set me up with a laptop so I can have guests that don't need to drive all the way in. And we're going to be able to see each other on our Facebook Live and have feed on three and four different social media sites. I'm very excited about it. And here's this man that came out of nowhere, right, ADT Security. And here he is sitting in front of me saying, yeah, I can do that for you. And so in January, you can be expecting it. But we're going to have... A whole new level of, of uh, awareness, and it's going to be great. And thank you, God, for putting that person and making that appointment. And uh, I didn't buy anything from him. But, you know, what we had in that talk was so much deeper than a security system. But anyway, so that's a side note, really wonderful. You never know who who the Lord's going to place in your path, and you always have to be open to receive what he has for you. And he uses people. You realize that, right? He uses people to touch you, to, to reach you, to um, add to your life, to invest in you through words and through time. Just understand that. And you know what? Be thankful. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus, for this person that came in. His name's Isaac. What an, a wonderful young man. He's got so many aspirations. I'm very excited to see what his future holds. First Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I repeated that because I really think you need to understand that we have to have a reason for the hope, and the reason is him. The reason for the season, tis the season and the reason. This is the time. There's no better time than right now. Did you think about the person that you need to contact, that you need to connect with? Relationships are so vitally important to our health. Relationships is what the Lord is all about. He wants to have a relationship with you. First and foremost, he wants to be number one. He wants to be first in your life. How do you do that even? How do you do that? Well, when you wake up in the morning, first thing, what do you do? When you go to bed, last thing, what do you do? Are you, are you pursuing him by understanding his words in the Bible? Are you pursuing what he has? Because he talks to us through his words on these pages. You know, the red line, the red words are Jesus talking. All of it is important. I'm giving you so many scriptures on this show. This show is about biblical principles and, and you know, scriptures because that, that has to be the rule book. We have to be guided by this. Why we should have hope? Because he has plans for us for good to give us a future and a hope. Again, that's 2911. Jeremiah 29.11, that scripture right there, if you don't remember anything, that one's a really good for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for this words are different, welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Different version, but it's still the same delivery, same message. First Peter 1, 3, blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hebrews ten twenty three. let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. When I had this meeting with Isaac yesterday, I asked him what his faith was. And he said, well, my wife is more of a believer than I am. I, I've studied all religions, you know, Buddha, and he just listed all of these different ones. And he says they have common commonalities between them, saying to be a good person, to treat others well. 
um, with kindness. And, and I said, yes, that's true. But then I asked him, I said, where are you going to go when you die? And he goes, I really don't know. And he sat there for a minute in, in quiet. I, I really don't know where I'm going to go when I die. And that really kind of made him think. Um, maybe that was the little faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Maybe that was the mustard seed to give him thought because he's a thought person. He's, he thinks a lot about life and about what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, dot com. Go there, connect with me. I'm all about connection. Go there and let's have a relationship. Let's connect and, and talk and, you know, get real with each other. Can we just get real with each other? Because this is a one-sided conversation I'm having. Okay, the Lord is guiding my words because I've asked him to ask and you shall receive. And I'm speaking into this mic and it's going out into the Internet and the airwaves. And I would like to to hear back. You know, let's have a a two way conversation. So connect with me. Go to Sue Freeze, spell like fries, one word dot com. Connect with me. Tell me what you think. Tell me what's going on. You know, if you have any suggestions Anything, you know, let's connect. Hebrews 1023, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hebrews 619, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. So good. Numbers 2319, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? He is, he keeps his word. If he says it, he does it. Psalm one forty seven eleven. but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Fear him. That's a very interesting. I'm, I'm listening to a book right now, audible uh, book. And he's talking about the fear of the Lord and people have a misconception of what that is. I'm going to save that for another show. Um, but it's reverence. It's it's realizing that he's awe. You know, he's the awe. Oh, my gosh. And you fear him because you give him the honor that he has. He deserves. I mean, he has deserved this honor. So anything less than that is is um, not OK. And, and we need to fear him in that way. Proverbs 10, 28, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The hope of the righteous brings joy i did a whole show on righteousness and i have to tell you that that show spoke loudly to me because i'm trying to live a righteous life trying the word is trying because i will never arrive completely and i'm always going to fall short of the glory of god because he tells us we will do that you know we are going to sin we have a sin nature but it doesn't mean that we can't repent it doesn't mean that we can't realize it and turn away from it which is what we're called to do. We're called to do that. And he gives us the power. It's not something sometimes that we can do on our own, something where we need him. Does that make us weak? No. It doesn't make us weak. I think it makes us strong. Okay. First uh, Thessalonians 5.8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. I'm going to read from uh, Sarah Young, Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace, in his presence, how many out there would love to enjoy the peace of his presence? Some of you have never experienced this. You don't understand it, and that's okay, too. You can ask him to reveal himself to you. 
Um, he, you know, he asks and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock, and the door shall be opened. These are scriptures. And he's telling you what to do. I, I've taught my kids through the years that you don't know if you don't ask. A funny story, I told the story, gosh, I don't know, maybe five years ago. My son and I were shopping, and he had his own money that he had earned, and we were shopping for shorts for him. And we were in this uh, clothing place that he liked the clothes, surfing kind of clothes. And there was this one pile of shorts that was for sale, you know, sale items, which I always go to the sale rack. That's just me. And they've learned to do that, too. Why not? If you can get something for less and you love it, then why not? Um, then you can get two maybe instead of just one. Just a thought. Anyway, so we're at this thing and he's seeing these shorts and he picked out these shorts and they were the right size because we were like digging through this pile. And uh, he got this pair of shorts and they were the right size and everything. And then all of a sudden he was looking, he goes, oh my gosh, I really like these. And he was going to go try them on. And then all of a sudden he noticed there was a flaw. There was something wrong with the shorts. So then I asked him, I said, is this something that would bother you that if you bought them, you would be uncomfortable to wear them? He goes, oh, heck no. You know, it's just a little flaw. It's no big deal, right? And I said, well, it is a flaw, correct? I mean, it's not like these brand new ones, right? It's something that's less valuable because it has a flaw, all right? So I said, well, why don't you just ask the salesperson if you could get a discount because they were already on sale, right? And he goes, well, they're already on sale. And I said, yes, they are. And all of these are here and not all of them have flaws. So this one is on sale, but it also has a flaw. So it's not going to hurt you. The worst she can say is no. And he looked at me and he sat there for a second. And then he goes, you're right. The worst he could say is no. Same with the sales force. I tell him all the time, you know, every no gets you that much closer to a yes. It's okay. Anyway, so I didn't do it for him. He did it. He went up and he says, yeah, I really like these shorts, man. They're really, they're really cool. But they've got this flaw. I'm just wondering if there's anything you could do. Could you, could you take some money off of it or something? And the lady goes, oh, yeah, I've got permission. I can take off, you know, whatever it was. He turns to me with this big smile and he says, you don't know if you don't ask. And I said, exactly. So that was the lesson that he learned that day and it was put into practice. And we don't know if we don't ask. And the worst they can say is no. So there's no problem. It's all in the manner in which we deliver. You know, sometimes it's the delivery. It's not the question even. It's how you deliver the question that can determine the outcome of whatever that is. Right. So I'm going to read from Sarah Young. Uh, Jesus is calling. Take time to be holy. The word holy does not mean goody-goody. It means set apart for sacred use. That is what this quiet moments in my presence are accomplishing within you. As you focus your mind and heart on me, you are being transformed, recreated into the one I designed you to be. This is Jesus talking to you. This process requires blocks of time set aside for communion with me. The benefits of this practice are limitless. Emotional and physical healing are enhanced by your soaking in the light of my presence. You experience a nearness to me that strengthens your faith and fills you with peace. You open yourself up to receive the many blessings that I have prepared for you. You become a cleansed temple of my Holy Spirit, who is able to do in and through you immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. These are just some of the benefits of being still in my presence. So this is what I was talking about. What do you do when you first wake up? What do you do before you go to bed? Change your habits. Change it 
to put him first. First thing to wake up to, last thing to go to bed. Uh, that's a really good beginning and end of a day is uh, to be, begin with him and end with him. And then your night, it's amazing. You know, sometimes he'll re- reveal things to me when I'm sleeping. I get these great ideas in the middle of my slumber. It's awesome. So here's some scriptures that go along with what I just read. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's Psalm 27, 4. There's two more. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Your body's a temple. What are you doing with that body? What are you doing with your temple? What, could, what changes could you make today that would help your temple? 1 Corinthians 6.19. So this is the last one, Ephesians 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He is working within us. You know that, right? That's Ephesians 3.20. He is working within us. Sometimes we can sometimes feel that and other times it's you don't have any clue that that's going on until maybe later think back think back over your life think about things that have happened during your life you know I, i i've written a couple of books and during this time i did this timeline i had to do the timeline because it had to do with things that happened and lessons i learned along the way and i realized that i had the you know the time frame of age. I had to figure out the age and when things happened. And the best way for me to do that is to um, put some incidents, some circumstances that happened and, you know, what age I was or what age my children were or, you know, uh, different landmarks or timelines, uh, time marks in my life. And I would put those in this timeline to where I got an idea of when things happened and and how I grew from this time to this time. And I realized that during that time, the things that came easier as far as timelines was the things that were circumstances like troublesome times that I went through, my parents getting divorced, you know, this happening, that happening, just whatever it was, I had those on the bottom of my timeline. And then the happy moments were above the line, right? I had my happy moments and my my learning moments, the, the moments that really... Um, taught me the most about perseverance and taught me the most about the power of God and and believing in him and the strength that I got through my beliefs and understanding his word in me gave me the strength to endure, to to power through whatever it was because I had him with me. You know, his faith is sufficient. I mean, I, I, just, I, I just felt like I had his power and victory is mine as victory is yours. See, we're going through these battles. We all have gone through or going through or going to go through battles. And it's what we do during that time that creates our life. And this is not a dress rehearsal. I keep telling people that. They keep going day to day to day and not having those tough conversations, those fierce conversations that could change lives. They're not having them for fear of what might be. And they don't even know what that is. Face your fear. Face it head on. Face that fear. What's the worst that can happen? And plow through it. How many times have you had a conversation you needed to have and you didn't have it? 
and you waited and waited and waited to have that conversation. And then you finally, finally got enough courage to have that conversation. And after you had it, there was something that just lifted from you and maybe the other person. And there was a new understanding and appreciation, not always, but a lot of the times that's what happens. And you ask yourself, why did I wait so long? This happens at workplace, too, when you have a, an employee that is just not measuring up, that's just not following procedure, not being the, the culture builder or not, not just following our, our way. And you wait and wait or you need to let them go and you wait and wait. And then after you finally have this moment, you're asking yourself, why? Why did you wait so long to do what you needed to do? So now I really do my best to do things when I right then and there. I just, you know, sometimes you have to pray about it. Sometimes you have to think about it. Sometimes you need more information. But on the whole, it's better to just deal with it. Deal with it, get it out of the way, and move on. Be a blessing. Invite someone in your home for this holiday. Be a blessing to someone each and every day, especially on the holidays. Be looking for that. God bless you. Amen. Bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.